Trigger by critical negative comments made by one or a few people in your world. And you've tried different healthy boundaries to stop the critical barrage from the other and it's not working. And even if you want to shake the critical thoughts from your mind, it feels sometimes impossible. They keep coming back. If this is you, you're not alone. Many Christian women deal with this all the time. And we all seem to have in our orbit a few people that are critical. Even when we try to deal with this, we've tried to address it. We've tried to change ourselves. So today we're going to circumvent all that. Because most trainings around healthy boundaries work, but you never know what the other person will say. It's not always the same. So it's hard to stay in the seat of our consciousness, in that peace that surpasses all understanding. So today we're going to address that and we'll go to the root and grasp higher thoughts, higher perspectives, and also the Christ perspective on this and how this can help us in the moment. And I'm going to bring also social psychology behind it. So you'll understand. So you'll have a better understanding. See, knowledge is empowering. The right knowledge at the right time can be quite empowering and can give you a sense of awareness and presence and allow you to stay in larger perspective in in God's thoughts, which are higher than our thoughts. So in other words, we even before we get hooked into this dynamic with others' criticism, you can see behind the smoke, so to speak, and can stay grounded and learn how Christ modeled the way. And if you're a regular, I welcome you back. I'm so excited you're here, dear one. And if you're new, I'm Dr. Iwana Popa from Team for the Soul, and I'm passionate about helping Christians, especially Christian professional women. And I do it through supporting through the many losses that many times we've experienced, moving from loss to hope, also to regenerate and prevent burnout and stay regenerated, connected with the living waters of Christ. There is a way to do that by befriending our thoughts, our emotions, and our body. I have actually a process to do this and also to empower Christian women in God to grow towards higher potential. See, we're co-creating with God. God gave us eyes and a brain and hands and legs. Is not wanting us to be passive. We can co-create with God. And that's what I'm so passionate about this. And if you know other professional Christian women, spread the words about this episode and about this channel. And with this, we're going to dive right in. So imagine a day in your life and you're just fine or doing well and someone walks in or texts you or calls you or you get an email and you've noticed that they're angry and all of a sudden there's some criticism coming your way and that could provoke you. And sometimes because you had interaction with this person for a while and you've examined yourself, you know, sometimes we need to apologize, sometimes we make mistakes, but nonetheless, you know that this barrage of criticism might come in. You either might feel like walking on eggshells or feeling defensive, feeling trapped, feeling like, oh, this is, I don't know what to do. Might even feel like free. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Or at some point, the point might come when you're all of a sudden like, I have to set some boundaries. I have to say it. But because just bottle up emotion, sometimes it doesn't come the right way or the energy or the tone of voice might not be the right way. 
So that can create a cycle, right? And all of a sudden, like, did I say something wrong? Did I provoke? Is this the other person? How is this happening? And as I mentioned, many courses, they talk about specifics, what to say, how to say it, and how to set healthy boundaries, which I totally get. I think they're very helpful to know ahead of time the different ways to relate and different ways to respond. The only problem I see if we're ending just with these techniques of healthy boundaries and what to say in the moment is that we never know what the other person will say. Here we have some really great scripted words, and then before we know it, we say them, and the other person says something completely back to us, and it backfires. So what I want for you, though, is to find a way to stay in the seat of your consciousness. So actually, no matter what happens, you can lean into the Holy Spirit in the moment, in the wisdom of God. So whatever the situation is, you can respond in the moment. So you can see past the smoke and not get sucked in. Now, mind you, in these kind of situations, we will get sucked in at some level, right? We might have higher emotions, intense emotions. Our body is going to get more into fight or flight or freeze. But nonetheless, the key here is the seed of our consciousness. When we become aware of ourselves and stay able to stay self-regulated, we allow for more brain and we can access more ideas and also we access our wisdom and our intuition. When we're really in the seat of our consciousness, God can actually inspire us. So today I want to go to the root and talk about the mindset and help you to have a better perspective of kind of this dynamic. There's many ways to think about it. But I want to bring one key element that I don't see talked very much in online, in psychology and pop psychology and whatnot. So this new perspective and mindset coupled with the power of seeing how this actually happened for Christ and how he reacted and his suggestions for us will be very helpful. Of course, I want to say this again, sometimes criticism is helpful, right? If someone finds that I did something wrong, well, maybe I did something wrong. So I need to examine ourselves and I need to take ownership of that. And I need to really think of growth mindset, like, okay, this person is saying that I did something wrong and I can try to fix it. And I could try to improve myself. You know, I've done this many, many times. So anytime usually people are criticizing me, I don't take it as a criticism per se. I take it like, oh, there is a mirror in front of me saying that I did this. And I'm always thinking, well, how can I improve myself? How can I be better in God? So I'm not talking about these situations. Okay. There's another situation that I'm not talking about, which is if someone is really volatile and is really attacking and you're at risk of intense emotional abuse or physical abuse. This is not about that. That actually needs specialized help. And if this is you, I actually encourage you to look for counselors and therapists, especially they are working with women in these kind of dynamics, because this is an important dynamic. And I might do another episode of that. You know, let me know if that's the case. Send me some messages, either in YouTube or send me an email or DM me on Facebook to know that there is a way out, 
right? When there's a cycle of abuse, there is a way out. So you're not alone. So what's most important is never to feel alone. Even if you are worried what about what other might say, you do want to reach out. You do want to have your network. So I'm not talking about that situation. I am talking about person that might be really critical to you and you know they're kind of critical and this is just kind of the way of being. Or you might encounter someone that's critical, I don't know, at the store or work or in a family. So situations are not necessarily abuse. So what I'm talking here is about general day-to-day criticism and then might come your way which again, I'll encourage you to always examine it. Well, maybe you did something wrong and you want to fix it. But if it is habitual for that person, this is where we're going right now after to the root of it for you to have a larger perspective. And that larger perspective, and when we're self-regulated, allows really, really at the core for the Holy Spirit to work through us. And it will guide us because if I have all my planned thoughts and responses and reactions, how to actually respond. As I mentioned earlier, it might not work. The person might say something totally different, or they might take exactly your sentence and turn it around and point it to you. It happened to me many, many times. So what I've learned is that when I stay centered, the Holy Spirit truly works in me. And I'm reminded of the quote from Luke 12, 11, 12, when Christ said, now, When they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And I generalize that because I had some very critical and negative people in my life. And I'm happy to say that they're not in my life anymore, but they were in my life and it was constant barrage. And I realized that if I stay centered, it's much better. And I extrapolated when I say synagogues, magistrates, and authority, like in the quote, or also the other people that just constantly judge you. They constantly criticize you. So what is the solution? How do we deal with this? In order to do this and stay centered, especially in this particular type of situation, we do need higher thoughts ahead of time and a higher perspective that allows us, as I mentioned earlier, the Holy Spirit to work. Because God said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And it does require some training and practice. So I want you to really listen to this video, maybe listen a few times. If this is you, take some notes and practice because I'll give you the specific steps what to do. All right. And we want to access wisdom and we can access wisdom in several ways. As mentioned before, we can access wisdom in the present moment when the Holy Spirit is just guiding us. Like right now, I am talking, I have my notes, and I thought about it many, many times what I'm going to say today, but also I allow the Holy Spirit to work through me. So maybe there's a new idea coming that God wants me to share with you that might be helpful. I'm paying attention to that. So I'm doing it in the moment. And I want to encourage you to practice that every time, to stay in the present moment. And whatever happens, see how the Holy Spirit works through you, through your wisdom, through your intuition, while 
you're sitting at the seat of your consciousness and you're aware of what's happening. I'm not recommending we do that when you're super angry or super fearful or super sad. No, this is not the time to just let everything that is coming into your mind out the door, so to speak, out of your mouth. I'm talking about when we're grounded and centered and have the sense of awareness and a sense of peace. All right. We can also access higher wisdom and God's thoughts, of course, from praying, from reading the scriptures, from thinking about it, from learning and growing spiritually, from church, from your conversation with amazing Christians and your pastors or priests, right? And everyone else that is supporting you, maybe spiritual guides, spiritual directors, spiritual life coaches. And also, We can get higher thoughts from learning from psychology and science, from books, courses, podcasts, trusted sources, because that allows us, see, science, it's passionate about getting outside of our head and beliefs to actually test and find out what reality really is. And guess what? Reality is God's reality, right? For Christians. So They are passionate about looking beyond different biases that we have, different frameworks, beliefs, in order to stay grounded in the ultimate reality, which in a certain sense, spirituality does the same because the ultimate reality is God, right? I mentioned this many times. God either exists or doesn't exist. We believe it exists, but beyond my belief, I'm not going to make God happen just because I believe God exists. God either exists or not, right? So it's a fundamental ultimate reality. So with that, let's dive in into the reality and what can we do when we interact with people? I really love social psychology because social psychology brings a larger perspective about the reality, about ultimate reality, and can bring really higher thoughts because we can understand the dynamics of what's happening and can help us stay at the ground of the seat of our consciousness. So Imagine this, and I want you right now to think, okay, you're driving and then you arrive at a place and you see someone friendly. What do we usually say? Oh, this is a warm person, right? Or we see someone that's more aloof. Oh, what do we usually say? Oh, this person is is maybe more cold or critical, or maybe they're angry with us or whatever. So you see how we attribute meaning to other people Especially when we think of others, we attribute things about their personality. They're smiling. They're, they're really nice. Wow, this is a warm person. Or no, this is kind of a cold person. So you see how we attribute meaning? Just the fact. The fact is the person was smiley and friendly. But we attribute meaning that the cause of this smile we see on their face is because of their warm personality. That's an inner quality. Can you see the difference is subtle? I'm going to say it again. If I am smiling, that is a fact. It's a smile. It's a smile on a person's face. But when I see someone smiling, my tendency and most human beings tendency have to think this is a warm person. And if someone is not smiling, well, maybe they're a cold person. So we attribute an internal quality. I'll give you another example. When driving, if someone cuts the car, our car, what do we usually think? We think, oh, he's inattentive. Oh, he doesn't pay attention. Or, oh, he's, uh, I used to live in Boston. Oh, it's one of those Bostonians that just don't know how to drive. Can you see how we attribute the behavior 
to internal quality, but we don't consider, well, maybe their child is sick. Maybe their mom just got into the hospital. Maybe he's a frontline staff. They have to rush to the hospital. Maybe they're on call. We don't think of the situation that they're in. Can you follow me? We don't think of their situation. We automatically attribute their internal quality. Oh, bad driver, careless. But when it's about us and we do mistakes, we keenly pay attention to circumstances. Oh, I cannot be on time because I'm late because this situation happened today. Many times when I say, oh, I'm late because I am just always late. I'm a lazy person. Sometimes we say that. Sometimes people think that way. But in general, exactly this phenomenon was captured in psychological, social psychological studies. And there is a name for this. It's called fundamental attribution error. So fundamentally, we attribute meaning. That's what attribution means. We attribute the story. We attribute a meaning like a snapshot really quickly. And here's what we do. So there's two layers here with others right? I meet driving and seeing someone cutting in front of me, we underestimate the impact of the situation, but we make a big deal about their personal factors, about their personality, right? Oh, those are, they're not careful. They are not careful. That's an internal attribute, right? Can you see that? And that, so our brain automatically thinks internal qualities, personality defects in someone else based on just a few behaviors. And we don't really pay attention to situations that might impact their behavior in the moment. And then for us, we have a tendency to do the opposite. We are keenly aware of situations because that's all we have, right? We have our awareness, we have our perceptions, and we know our day. And we know, oh, I'm late because this happened earlier, and I got this call from my mom, and I had to do this, and I had to do that. And then this didn't work. My computer didn't work, and the car didn't start. Can you see how we're focused on the situations? And this is natural. I just want to name this, that this is a well-studied tendency that us as humans, we have to have different attributions to others versus ourselves. And the reason for this is very simple. If we stop and think about it, we only have access to our own consciousness. We cannot, no matter how much I try to put myself in any other person's shoes, this can be a best guess, the most. And I've worked with so many people for decades. And I know that ultimately, I cannot tell what the other person is thinking or feeling. I get very good guesses by now. By now, I'm so well-trained that I could predict and really have very good hypothesis here But I never take that for granted because I know fundamentally I can only have access to my own consciousness, to my own perception, to my own thoughts. And I see the reality only through my awareness. I cannot be in any other person's shoes. So anything else that I say about the other person is just a projection. It's a reality. We all do this all the time. One of the messages in today's episode is that we all do this. So let's just send some global compassion here as human beings. Here we are, 8 billion people in this world and growing that we are actually all kind of stuck in our own consciousness and cannot really see the other. Sure, some of us are more empathic than others. And most Christian women were trained from very young to be 
tapping into our compassion and thinking of the other. So we're very well trained to do this. But ultimately, we cannot be in anyone else's consciousness. So realizing the shortcuts our brain are doing, those biases that we have, it's very, very essential. Now, mind you, they did also social psychological research showing that that cultures that focus mostly on communities, they have this upside down. So in the communities that are focused on communities and the less individualistic, they actually fault ourselves more. And we say, oh, I'm lazy. And especially for Christians, right? I'm a lazy, I'm a procrastinator, I'm, I'm a glutinous, I am proud, etc. So we give personality attributes to ourselves, but we excuse all the others. So you see it, it's flipped in some societies. And they did the studies with um, in Asian cultures, but there are many other cultures that are really focused on community. And in church, we are focused on community a lot. So you can see how for Christian women, sometimes this is a double burden because on one hand, we fault ourselves. We attribute all the negatives to ourselves or self-critical subconsciously. Sometimes it's really loud in our brain, but sometimes it's very subtle. And in the same times, other people in the, especially in the individualistic cultures like Western cultures. So in the individualistic cultures, people do the opposite, right? They project onto us personality faults while they're giving excuses. So can you see the double burden many times for Christian women? That's why I'm so passionate to help us. So we need to understand this phenomena. And I'm thanking you for bearing with me. We're almost ready here. Stay with me just for a little bit, because this is important. This attributing meaning happens automatically. It happens in our brain and we can get stuck. That someone that's critical, they might attribute negative personality for us. And as Christian women, we might tend to take it on us and fault ourselves to begin with. So this is going to be compounded. So fundamental attribution error. This is an important concept to have. Now, I'm not suggesting here that we're going to get into a victim mode. Oh my goodness, this is happening to me. What should I do? I'm stuck. We're not stuck. I just want you to be aware of this process so we can be compassionate, not just with ourselves, but also with the other. That is critical. Like, oh my goodness, our brains, we are carrying for centuries and centuries and centuries these biases. They've been perpetuated. So when we see someone critical, I want you to have compassion for them, but also compassion for you. This is happening to all, all of us. It doesn't matter the direction. And I want you to disidentify from this dynamic. Another term to use that I love is unhook from this dynamic. And another term will be unblend in internal family systems. They talk about unblending. So we recognize it and we realize it's not our identity. This is what unblending is or disidentifying or detachment, right? In Christian tradition, they talk about detachment, asceticism, right? It's about detaching. Those are different words with the same meaning. So I want to encourage you to detach, to become aware so that you can move a bit backwards and see the situation, both people, you and the other person with compassion. This is the gift of the social psychology. And I want to share to you how the Christ actually modeled this because you will understand his thinking. Now, I'm not suggesting you're going to say what Christ said, 
I'm just sharing this to see because with his words, we don't know what Christ thought. Obviously, all we have recorded is Christ's thoughts translated into words. So you will see how he saw through the smoke. He saw this attribution error. He saw this social dynamic. He knew this bias in people's minds. And here's a story. You might remember where Christ was judged by Pilate before his crucifixion. Pilate was accusing him and he got the beating. So Christ said to him, so listen to this. This is really interesting. He said, if I said something wrong, prove it. See how he got away from his own, all those blames and criticism are coming on him. And he said, well, if I did something wrong, prove it. If it's something in me that's wrong, right? He said, he's a son of God. That was really the crux of it. His identity, right? Can you see that? It was an inner quality that was on the judgment seat right now for Pilate and for the Jews. So if I said something wrong, I would add this. If I did something wrong, is my identity is wrong, prove it. But if I did not, why do you persecute me? Can you see how he saw the bias and put it right in front light? And that's what I want you to see because it's so encouraging. It's so encouraging. So I'm going to actually say the quote. This is from John 18, 23, in case you want to search it. If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? So here are the steps to summarize, because this is so important. Number one, this training that you've got today, just realize that we are surrounded by social dynamics. They happen all the time. We have these biases naturally. You and I have them. People have them. And I want you to realize that and bring compassion to both you and the other person and any future people that might come to you and might be critical of you, right? Ahead of time, visualize this. And one way to visualize this is to think of the person. Let's say you know this person. Think of the person, think of you, but see it either through an airplane view or a helicopter view, or just go back a bit and see it in front of you and then send some compassion like Christ would send and some agape love, right? Here we are stuck in this dilemma for centuries, for centuries. This is not about who's right or wrong, right? And when we do that, actually, we form a trinity. See if you're following me here, right? Because it's not he's right he's wrong, she's right, he's wrong, or whatever, she's right, she's wrong, is more about we are outside experiencing this and realizing the dilemma. And that is what Christ brought to us, this higher perspective. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. This is a reality. We're all caught up in this dilemma. Now, when you're in the middle of it, what I want to encourage you is to focus on your breath to stay calm. And I have a YouTube about this. We're going to make sure it's following this YouTube so you can really get it. Your breath is the fastest way to stay calm. It calms our emotions. And once our emotions are calm, our brain is back online. And this will allow for the Holy Spirit to shine through. So in the moment, you'll see God will help you. If you're calm, you might decide to say something. You might decide to leave. You might decide to say nothing. But stay calm, and that would allow you sometimes even to take action that you need to, right? But you would be a much better resourceful state if you're calm. You're going to have access to your brain. You have access to your body in much better ways. And while you're in the moment, lean into God. Stay in your awareness, right, as you're focused on your breath, and also just invite God. 
invite the Holy Spirit, invite light to surround you and the other person, and you'll be surprised by what might come up for you. All right, so in summary, this mini training is very important, and I want you to really ponder on this if this is you or you know someone else who's caught into this, a Christian woman who's caught into this, please share it. I want as many Christian women to really take advantage of the beauty of this intersection between science, psychology, and our Christian faith. And by the way, this is a very common dilemma. We all experiencing this all the time, all the time. Don't expect that we're going to become so spiritual at some point that we'll never encounter reactions when we're triggered. There's always going to be something happening because the world is infinite and there's so many possibilities and humans and things that we don't even think about. So there's always going to be something that can take us from the seat of consciousness. But as we actually stay in the seat of consciousness and we are aware of this fundamental attribution error, this will actually bring our compassion as well, not just for the other, but also for ourselves. All right. And with that, I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to encourage you to continue to grow psychologically and spiritually. All right, dear God, thank you so much for today, for the message for today. And I pray for Christian women to really benefit and grow and continue to lean into you, to your wisdom. My deepest, deepest desire is for me to bring the awareness of you and remove whatever veils that we have in our consciousness in such a way that each Christian woman can be really close to you because you're an amazing God. You're awesome. You're loving. You're right there to help us and help us to trust you more and more every day and to lean into you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. And with that, thank you so much for all you do in the world. I would love to hear from you. Type in the chat, send me messages or emails. I am, you can find me at connect, C-O-N-N, E-C-T at teamforthesoul.com. And our website is teamforthesoul.com. You can send me a message also through the website. So with that, I thank you so much for all you do.